grace, mercy, and peace be unto you. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text is the second part of today's gospel from Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 15, words read to you a few moments ago. There was a preschooler, just a young little girl, who'd gotten a brand new coat, but she carried it to her mom saying, something's wrong. My new coat just doesn't fit. Well, she'd been learning how to button her own buttons. And she'd worked very hard at poking a button into each hole along the way, starting at the bottom, working to the top. But when she got to the top, there were two buttons left over. And of course, the coat didn't fit right. You know what was wrong. She had poked the first button in the wrong hole. She had missed that all-important one. And after that, every other one was wrong along the way. Yes, the first button is the important one. If that one would have been right, then everything else could have been right too. This story is kind of a parable about how important it is that we get off to a good start. If you make a mistake buttoning your coat, you know you can always go back and undo a few buttons and start over again. But in life, in real life, you can't do that. There's no going back and rebuttoning. And so you got to make sure from the very beginning that the first button is right so that all the others along the way can be as well. Christian parents know how important it is that we get the first button right in our children's life with Jesus. Baptism is important. Parents bring their little ones to baptism because they know and believe that in that moment, Almighty God embraces their children and holds him close, fills the child with the Holy Spirit, gives that child the gift of new life. It's a good start. It's a great start. But it's just the first button. And so during the baptismal liturgy, we always charge the parents and the sponsors with a responsibility for nurturing that faith. They publicly promise before God and the congregation that they will pray for the child, that they will teach the basics of the faith, that they will bring that child to worship and the study of God's Word and provide for further Christian education. That first button has to be right. But so does the second and the third and all the others along the way. In today's gospel reading, parents were bringing their little children to Jesus to have him touch them. Kissing babies isn't something new invented by modern-day politicians. In those days, parents took their little ones to the most important rabbis to receive the blessing of that rabbi. These parents have probably heard, maybe even seen, the mighty things that the hands of Jesus could do. He healed the sick with those hands. He gave sight and restored hearing. He cured leprosy. He even raised the dead with those hands. Well, of course those parents wanted Jesus to put his hands 
on their children and bless them. But we hear that the disciples rebuke those parents. Like modern-day handlers, I'm sure that the disciples were mostly concerned about Jesus. They didn't quite understand everything that was going on at that time, but clearly Jesus had told them at least on two occasions that they were going to Jerusalem where he would be crucified and die. And now they were on the road. The time was drawing near. And they couldn't imagine that Jesus would want to be bothered by little children at a time like that. I know congregations that think like those disciples. Some see little children as a bother, a distraction. They're concerned about the commotion the children cause. Some see children's sermons as unnecessary. Worship time is just too valuable to be wasted on little kids. Christian school is just too expensive. We can't afford it. But let me assure you that there are many, many congregations today that are aging and dying and longing for what we have been blessed with here at St. Paul's, the voices of little children the joy of watching them come forward to sit and hear a simple message, pray a simple prayer, spend quality time with their pastors. A Christian school that is flourishing, growing, as more and more parents recognize their responsibility. This is part of our responsibility as a Christian congregation to help parents carry out their responsibility, bring those little ones to Jesus. There are some parents who instead of bringing their children to Jesus may not mean to but actually hinder their children from coming to him by a lack of interest, a lack of concern for their children's spiritual welfare. They don't want to be bothered. They don't have time to read Bible stories or teach their children to pray or even spend time with them praying. They sure don't want to be embarrassed when their little ones can't sit still in worship. It's so much easier just to stay at home. They don't want their children to miss out on becoming all-stars on some sports team. So games are more important than worship time in Sunday school. They don't need the hassle of listening to older kids' memory work. It's not worth a fight over Sunday morning Bible class or youth ministry. But parents, moms, dads, you simply cannot surrender. Each button needs to be put into the right hole. Why would you baptize a baby and then let that child grow up and fall away from Jesus and lose all of those blessings? Some parents actually hinder their children by their own example. Instead of bringing their children to Jesus as these parents did, they think that they can send their children. You know, there is a big difference. I remember the story of one little boy who was being pushed out the door on his way to Sunday school while his dad was getting dressed to play golf. 
And very innocently, the child looked over at dad and said, Dad, when am I going to be big enough to go play golf with you on Sunday morning? Now, you can rephrase that to fit just about any situation, but dad, when can I sleep in the way that you do? Dad, when can I go hunting or fishing or or off to some sporting event? When can I go and have coffee the way you do on Sunday morning? By their own example, they're hindering their children from coming to Jesus. But they're also hindering themselves. Notice that in the lesson, parents were bringing their children to Jesus, which implies that they were coming to him too. When you as an adult neglect the study of God's word, are you not hindering yourself from drawing closer to Jesus? You may have been baptized, confirmed as a young person. You may have taken instruction in God's word as an adult. But why would you stop at that point? Isn't that like skipping a buttonhole along the way? Things in your life aren't going to fit right anymore. You may have all kinds of reasons, all kinds of rationalizations, all kinds of excuses. But why would you ever stop coming to Jesus for all the blessings which he offers you in his word? When Jesus saw how his disciples were hindering the parents and children, he became indignant. Now, there are other times in the gospel accounts where the disciples messed up. They, they completely missed the point. They didn't understand And Jesus was always patient, always gentle with them. But this time he he was indignant. This time he was angry. He was outraged. How dare they stand in the way and prevent those children from coming to him? So the disciples stood there sheepish, embarrassed, red-faced, as they watched Jesus motion to the little children to come to him. As they heard him say, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. The old King James Version used to say, suffer the little children to come to me. It wasn't just get out of their way. This was a command. Do whatever you have to do in order to bring those children to Jesus. Because he said the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. When the grown-ups didn't stand up and set an example for the children... Jesus raised up the children as an example for the grown-ups. But an example of what? An example of humility? Little ones know how little, how weak they are. And they can't wait until they grow up and become big and strong. How about an example of trust? Kids put so much confidence in their mom and dad. The littlest ones think mom and dad know just about everything. 
course, that changes someplace along the line. And for a while, parents don't know anything. But then somehow, parents get so much smarter as the kids grow up. Children are dependent. They don't worry about where their next meal is going to come from or if they're going to have a roof over their head tonight. They simply trust that mom and dad are going to take care of everything. Mom and dad are going to provide. Mom and dad are going to make everything right. What about an example of obedience? may not seem like it, but psychologically, kids want to please mom and dad. They want to obey. They need structure. They need discipline. And thank God that little children have such short memories. They're so resilient. Even when mom and dad make a mistake, do something wrong, they don't hold grudges. There's no bitterness in a little child. And so Jesus said, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. You receive it like a little child when you humbly recognize and confess your own weaknesses, your own failures, your own sins, when you're willing to simply take God at His word and trust in His gracious promises, when you depend on Jesus and Jesus alone as your only Lord and Savior, when you're growing in His Word, when you're seeking to please Him with your life, Jesus said the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. That's a promise for you. The kingdom of God belongs to you. Jesus gave those little ones and their moms and their dads and even the disciples so much more than they ever expected that day. He took those little ones up in his arms. He held them close. And he played with them and he laughed with them and he put his hands on them, those, those powerful hands that would soon be nailed to a cross for them. And he blessed them. What a beautiful, beautiful image of the kingdom of God. Parents, grandparents, all of us members of St. Paul's, we need to hear in these days about how important it is to strengthen our families. It's all over the media in secular society. We need to strengthen our families. And there are programs and there are courses that you can take. But if you truly, truly want to strengthen your family, keep bringing your little ones to Jesus. Bring them to him in holy baptism. Keep bringing them to worship and the study of the word. Keep bringing them and coming yourself and you will find more, much, much more than you ever expect as the Lord Jesus reaches out his mighty hands, touches your children, and he blesses them, and he blesses you too. In our Savior Jesus' holy name, amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.